Greetings, and welcome to the Bible Unbound podcast. My name is Jim, I'm your host, and today we're going to visit a live group where we discuss the subject of Calvinism versus Arminianism, or you might be more familiar with the concepts of the doctrine of God's sovereignty, predestination, and free will. How do those subjects work out in the Bible? Much of Christianity today is caught up in a debate between those two, but I want to take just one scripture verse, or rather two verses together, and see how it illustrates for us how these two apparent contradictions are to be handled and understood biblically. So again, this is part of a live group meeting, so you're going to hear some background noise. Just consider yourself there with us discussing this subject together. Again, Arminianism and Calvinism, sovereignty and free will, how does that work itself out biblically? The passage that we're going to be looking at is Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. That is Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Welcome to the Bible Unbound podcast. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay? So there's the exhortation. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. All right? That sounds like I've got, you know, to be really serious, fear and trembling. And I've got some work to do. I've got to put forth effort in this thing called salvation. That sounds like what Paul's saying. And in fact, he is. That's exactly what he's saying. But you should never read Philippians 2.12 without following it up with Philippians 2, guess what? 13. Okay, so it's like a coin. You've just looked at the heads. Now you've got to flip it over and look at the other side because verse 13 says, for it is God who is at work in you both to do, that's the ability, and to will, or to will and to do, if you flip them around the order, to will, to even give you the willingness, and to do, or the ability for his own good pleasure. Now that verse, verse 13, if you didn't have verse 12, it would sound like God's doing it all. God's at work in me to will, to give me the desire, and to do, to give me the ability for his own good pleasure. That sounds like it's all God. But the verse prior to it sounds like it's all me. How do you untie that apparent discrepancy? Now, if Paul was an idiot, he could talk in self or mutually contradictory terms like that. One verse says one thing, next verse says just the opposite. But you know what? Paul wasn't an idiot. Paul was a genius. He had in his mind the ability to reconcile apparent contradictions, lay them out, and leave it with us to believe it, not to question it. So what do we believe when we read Philippians 2, 12 and 13? We believe that we've got work to do. We've got to be serious about this thing called our salvation. But when we realize push comes to shove, the bottom line, God did it all. It was all of grace. 
You talk about Spurgeon. He used to use this illustration all the time. You'll probably hear it. It's the sinner approaches the great archway, and the archway reads, whosoever will may come. He says, oh, well, that's me. I'm whosoever, and I need salvation. So you walk through the archway. You get through the archway, you turn around, and lo and behold, there are words on the backside. The words on the backside chosen in him before the foundation of the world out of Ephesians 1, which is it? And that's why I say I'm not a Calvinist, but I'm not a flaming Arminian either. And they're both taught. Philippians 2, 12 and 13 are taught. Free will is taught in the Bible. God's superintending overarching sovereignty is also taught. Can I reconcile them? No, I can't. Am I supposed to reconcile them? No, I can't. They're in the mind of God. Some things are what we call supralogical or transcendent yes. in their logic. It's, it's just, it blows the mind. The mind cannot assimilate in its own puny little boundaries, you know, this thing here, rationalism, reasoning, fallen, by the way. Yes, enlightened in Christ and restored, being restored, renewing day by day. But I'll never be able to comprehend the richness of the sovereignty and the majesty and the mightiness and the holy, or else, you know what, I wouldn't, he wouldn't be worth worshiping. He'll always be worth worshiping largely because he's so mysterious. But his ways are above our ways and his thoughts above ours. And as it says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But that which is revealed belongs to us. So if we can comprehend it, great, it's ours. You leave a whole bunch of room for what you can't comprehend. Lots and lots of room. Because if we squeeze God into a box, he's no longer worthy to worship. So we hope you've enjoyed this brief edition of the Bible Unbound podcast. Have a great day in the Lord, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.